coming up. Um, let's just stop talking and just start doing some work. And that's the churches, that's the schools, that's community leaders, that's elected officials. We just miss him. We miss him a lot. He'd do anything for anybody, you know, shirt off his back kind of person, you know. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. I just shake my head and just go, why? Last Thursday, you had a mom crying because her 18-year-old son, John Kelly, had been killed. And on Saturday, you had another mother crying because her son was arrested for murder, 17 years old. Then yesterday, you had a third mother crying because her son was arrested for murder, too. On May 27th in Columbia, South Carolina, an 18-year-old high school senior was shot and killed just weeks before his graduation. I'm joined by Eleanor Tabone, an investigative reporter at News 19 in Columbia, South Carolina. Eleanor, tell us about what we know from investigators about what happened. Deputies were called to the intersection of Fraser Street and Bluff Road late around 6 o'clock in the evening and they found someone reported a suspicious vehicle and they went there and they found bullet holes in the driver's side door and inside they found 18-year-old John Carlisle Kelly, Um, He was pronounced dead at the scene and a week and a bit later it turns out that two 17-year-olds had shot him when he was sitting in the car. According to police, they fired. Then, according to police, they both sat on top of him, drove that car a mile down the road and abandoned that vehicle. Was there any indication from police why they sat on top of the victim or or if he was dead when that happened? Do we know more about that? Police haven't told us, you know, what exactly happened there. All they said that was they sat on top of him and then drove that vehicle a mile down the road and, and left that vehicle there. Eleanor, what can you tell us about John Kelly, just 18 years old when he was killed? Yes, we did speak to his uh, cross-country coach. He was a big sports guy. He played ultimate frisbee, soccer, ran cross-country. His his coach said he was one of the best on his team. He ranked 24th in the state last year. Um, he just he was very intelligent. Uh, his Uh, Cross-country coach was also his physics teacher and he said that he was just such an intelligent young man. He said he was very witty and funny and just a generally, he seemed like a genuinely good person. And according to police, they were involved in some type of illegal activity, right? That is correct. That is correct. The police said the three were involved in illegal activity, but we haven't received clarification on what that activity involved. So how did police then track down these two teenage suspects? Well, when they abandoned that vehicle, according to police, the two 17-year-olds, one of them left their cell phone in the car. So police were obviously able to track that down and just, you know, on May 27th, the incident happened. And then, you know, a few days later, they one was arrested and another one was arrested the next day. So it didn't take police very long at all to track down these two teenagers. And Eleanor, do we know if the victim knew the suspects? Did they go to school together, any type of relationship? One um, went to that school. We haven't received clarification if they personally knew each other when they were at school, but then uh, they both moved and went to Dreher High School, and one of them was suspended at the time of this um, incident. The sheriff in Columbia has come out really quite strongly speaking about gun violence, also as it relates to young people. Can you tell us more about that and what he said? 
In the last, you know, few months, we have just seen a number of incidents of gun violence with teenagers and it just seems to be get, getting progressively worse. You know, I've been sent to a number of conferences that is just aimed at changing the mindset of a, a lot of young people that just get into a bad situation and get involved with guns and it just ends so badly. I've personally covered so many gun violent, gun violence related incidents, you know, this last year. And it, it's just, I think it's frustrating. The Sheriff's Department and Columbia PD, just they believe that it's not a law enforcement problem at this stage. It's part of the, it's a community problem and they're trying to get, you know, pushing for schools, churches, parents to just sit down with their kids and teach them, you know, what can happen if you get involved with particular people with guns. So it's an issue that we're seeing law enforcement facing more and more in these past few months. All right, Eleanor, what's next for these two 17-year-old suspects? What kind of charges are they facing? They're currently being held in the juvenile centre of the Richland County Jail. Um, they're both 17-year-olds, but they're facing um, charges as adults, and they're being both charged with murder. All right, thanks to Eleanor Tabone, investigative reporter at News 19. We appreciate your help. Not a problem. Up next on The Daily Crime, we're taking a look at another case involving a young adult and a deadly weapon. Oh, it's gets a little better sometimes, and then it's just like a fall off a cliff. That's the mother of Brett Ritchie, a 24-year-old man who was killed more than a year ago in Washington Parish, Louisiana, a crime the sheriff called a ruthless murder. Now, for the first time, we're getting an idea of what happened on that Easter Sunday afternoon. I'm joined by Mike McDaniel, reporter at WWL-TV in New Orleans. Mike, tell us about what we know about Brett Ritchie and what happened to him. Yes, yeah, so it happened a year ago when we got a news release from the sheriff's department or sheriff's office in regards to what happened. And we had actually reached out to the family then, but we never heard anything back. And it wasn't until last month um, when the family finally reached out to me and they were finally ready to or strong enough to kind of talk about the case. Um, from the family's perspective, we've been told that Brett was um, someone who would just help anybody possible and do as much as he can for anyone in the community. He's kind of stayed to himself a lot. He loved video games. And he liked to be with friends and family, and he just kind of liked to live a Kermit-type love lifestyle. And he, according to his mom, he had left his house. He was going to a store, and he rode his bike to the store, which isn't far from his home. This is in Bogalusa, which is in Washington Parish. And on the way back from the store, his mom says that he witnessed what she believes to be gang violence. And that was some people shooting up a car. There was a guy inside the car who was not hit by any of the bullets, but the car was shot up. Brett, having witnessed then, witnessed this, then left. Um, but apparently people found out that he had witnessed it or saw that he had witnessed it or knew he was there. And that's when his mom says that some of the people who were involved in this shooting came and found him, kidnapped him from, the, from an alley that he had escaped to near the store and then brought him out to rural Washington Parish, um, I would say probably 10 miles outside of Bogalusa, five to 10 miles outside of Bogalusa um, on these, these country rural roads out there, found a dirt road or a gravel road, brought him back down the road or kind of around the curve a little bit, kind of off the highway, uh, and shot him 11 times. 
Now, the mom says that according to some investigators or the autopsy, there were two guns involved because there were two different caliber bullets, which leads her to believe that there were more than one, that more than one person was involved in the shooting and actually shot her son. And for one person to shoot off 11 rounds with two different guns, she just doesn't believe that one person was involved. Now, the sheriff's office doesn't give us a whole lot of information. They haven't even released a motive to this. Um, they have arrested one person, Trevion Mart. And at this point, at last check with the sheriff's office, they don't believe there are other suspects, but they're not ruling that out. But when we caught up with the mom, that was her first time actually going to the spot where her son was murdered. I have never been here. I've never been here. What goes through your mind standing here for the first time? Um, a lot. Just, um, knowing, like, how scared he probably was. And you can just see how shaken up by this she still is, of warranted, understandably, of course. But as she was kind of walking around and looking at things, she just started trembling a little bit, and you can hear it in her voice how much she loved and missed her son and wished she could have been there for him. And one of the questions I asked her was, you know, what was going through, what went through her mind as she stood there, and all she could think about was how scared her son must have been in that situation. Because apparently he had been knocked over the head um, when he was taken from Bogalusa and then brought to that, that spot in rural Washington Parish. But the autopsy did not show blunt force injury as a cause of death. It was the gunshot wounds. So a year later, she was finally able to kind of talk about her son. And one of the issues that she brought up is, and one of the reasons she did this, it's because there's a lot of talk in Bogalusa or a lot of talk in the parish about violence and that her son may have been involved in gangs. So she kind of wanted to direct, set the record straight just a little bit to emphasize the point that she, she believes her son was not involved in any of this. She didn't even know the suspects. Do we know how investigators honed in on this suspect? Whenever the crime happened, the sheriff's office did release a news release saying that they were able to track this suspect down because after the shooting, an eyewitness saw a car leaving the scene with a Texas plate and actually heard gunshots, and that's how I got called in. So then an APB went out about a, a car with a Texas plate, possibly with a suspect inside who could be armed. And they officers um, patrolling, out patrolling, were able to track the car down. They found it. They found the suspect, and apparently um, they they figured out it was him, and they arrested him on the spot. And Mike, I should ask, where exactly is Bogalusa? How far from New Orleans? Bogalusa is going to be about an hour and a half, hour twenty minutes, straight north of New Orleans, almost in Mississippi. So it's the northeast corner of Washington Parish, almost in Mississippi, like the tip of the toe when you would see think Louisiana as a boot. But over the years, Bogalusa has really dwindled economically. Um, they've had a lot of financial struggles, school system struggles, and a lot of people have been moving out of Bogalusa because mainly of the crime and what's been happening over the years. There's been a uh, paper mill there. It is the number one employer, I would say, in Bogalusa. Um, but as far as economic drivers, that's all you have there right now. And a lot of people are moving out of that city more into the parish or more into Franklinton, which is the other largest city or town in the parish. All right. My thanks to Mike McDaniel at WWL in New Orleans. Appreciate it. It is time. Thanks. I appreciate it.
Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday, with new episodes. Be sure to let your friends and family know about The Daily Crime. We'll see you next time. For Vault Studios, Will Johnson.